for everybody joining. This is your boys, Philippe, Tommy, and Ryan. We're back with episode two. We did change the name like we said we might. It's now called The Gravel Trap, which is a way cooler name. Thank Philippe and Tommy and their friends for coming up with that. But yeah, so my couple first things just to start out, big things that happened. Uh, Mick got his first points. Congratulations to Mick. Science got his first win. Big congrats to him. Tom Cruise was at the British Grand Prix, which is just kind of fun. So we're 142,000 other people, which makes it the best attended Grand Prix in history, or British Grand Prix in history. Wow. Not Grand Prix, but biggest British Grand Prix ever. Yeah, that's pretty massive. Massive. There's so a few other people there, too. Who else? I saw Keanu Reeves in qualifying. Who else did you see? Yeah, um, the Hell's Kitchen guy, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Oh, no way. Yeah, he was there. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few people there. Did you see Lance um, Stroll show up in a helicopter? <laughs> yeah, oh they were making a big thing about that. You know, uh, Seth was talking about how he's, you know, riding riding to the uh, the Grand Prix on his bike. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Lance Stroll pulls up in his helicopter. I'm like, wow. And it <laughs> red flagged an F2 session just so he could land in the infield and then walk in. Oh, my gosh. Like, this that's... Guy. You know, and maybe I mean, this is an irreverent podcast. We can say whatever we want on here. That was some big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. A big douche mm. energy. I don't know about big dick. Yeah. Big douche I'll energy. I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so we're always recording from fun places. And by fun places, I mean we just don't have a studio, so we record wherever we can. Uh, tonight, Tommy and I are in Tommy's car shop garage. Philippe, where are you at? I am in Fort Lauderdale at the moment. Joining us from vacation, so we appreciate your dedication. Absolutely. Um, did you guys watch the intro, that little piano video thing? With George Lewis and Lando. Yeah, what did you think about that? What did you think about it? I thought it was cool. I thought the, the visual was awesome, but then I, I also was on Twitter seeing a lot of people be like, you know, important stuff is happening and Sky Sports is showing us filler. They were a little bit upset. Mm. So, unfortunately, I did not see that because it must have been when I was switched. Because I was, as I was driving down to Savannah, Georgia, it was, I was watching it on F1 TV app. And as I was switching from, I think, the pre-race show to the actual race show, for me, it was like a three-minute kind of like off time. I might have missed it if it was during that period. Yep. So, I didn't see that part. It probably was. I wouldn't say you missed anything super important. It was just kind of a cool thing that I thought was fun, but a lot of people on Twitter were pissed about. <laughs> There's always something uh, to be pissed about. So what was it? What was going on? I, they had a musician that, honestly, I'm probably going to get reamed for not knowing, who played the piano and sung a song about Britain, and they had overlay interviews of Lando, uh, Lewis, and George Russell talking about their homeland and how fun it is to race there. Were they crying? No, nobody's crying. <laughs> oh. Although Oops. maybe some of them were after the race, or they maybe should have been. Maybe like someone named Charles Leclerc should have been crying after the race. Oh. Oh. Crying after being yelled at by Matteo. Yeah, that was hmm, fun. He goes. He was just telling me. Um, he was. He was telling me not to feel bad. Like, yeah. When was the last time you told someone not to feel bad by pointing your finger at their face? Yeah, I don't know about that one. I, I don't know. So what do you I think, think the discussion was about, though. I mean, they were saying this is more of a 
like a, a stern talking to. Like, yeah, I think it was about him criticizing the team because he yeah. has been critical of teams before, or of Ferrari before on the radio and then also in interviews afterwards. And I do think, I don't know that it was Ferrari's fault because they didn't have much time. They didn't have enough time to double stack the two guys driving in. But, I mean, like, he obviously was a good enough racer to, to win that race. It just was an unfortunate strategy call that had to be made. And I think... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that was the right call by Ferrari. I think we can question Ferrari's other decisions that they made and how long it took for them to, you know, kind of move science out the way. It just took them too long to just get that going. And I think the reference for me, the reference times that, that they were giving science were just totally off. I, I think they were trying to tell him, run a 32-9, run a 32-9, but Lewis is running 32-5s behind him. And it took them like three or four laps just to kind of say, hey, get this switcheroo going so that Leclerc can just go off in the races, you know, just go off and run his race. So I think that compromised them from the beginning. And it just gave Lewis so many options. It just, it really electrified his race, in my opinion. Do you think Lewis had the chance at the win? Absolutely. Philippe's always going to think Lewis had the chance at the win. No, I mean, come on, logically. No, he definitely did. He definitely did. It yeah. was cool to he see him on the, the podium, though. Race car. Yeah. He had the fastest race car. No doubt about it. Yeah. 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 I was, I was skeptical like, going into the race. I didn't think he was going to be able to stick with him, but he did. He was up there. No, he's, he's coming back on a tear. Yeah. I think we're going to see him on a lot more podiums as the rest of the season. I hope so. Just as long yeah, as he's that, not in front was, of Leclerc too much. Yeah. The one thing I'm seeing with that Mercedes, though, is they're, they're just having a real dreadful time getting those tires up the temp. And I think we saw that when they switched to the softs, you know, during the safety car period. You know, some of the cars behind them were just really able to get the jump on them because his tires just took a while to get up there. Yeah. So I think that's what they're going through. And the same thing on the hards as well, too. I think the gap was what when he left the pits was three and a half seconds and then i think the first two laps two laps don't quote me tremendously on it but it fell back to what five seconds yeah i think it did drop down to about six after coming out of the pits on the hards yeah 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 then he got but once he got him working right he started clawing him back Mm -hmm. so that mercedes is scary man i just think you know in the transitional phases is where they're suffering is it the track that made that car faster? Because they were talking about how smooth Silverstone is. I know from experience that track is really smooth. But is it the smooth track that keeps the car from, from porpoising so much? Because, I mean, that's what they were showing this weekend. Maybe it's just a little bit of everything. I do think, I do think that they made a development push. And I think that that car... And, and I watched an interview, right, with, with Lewis. He was getting interviewed by some guy in some garden, some shit like that. But um, he said that the car has a lot of performance that they can't tap into at the moment because once you send it in a certain direction, that's when the car starts really, like, bouncing all over the place. So what they say is that they have to detune the car a lot just to keep it balanced because it has a very thin, thin, you know, window of opportunity to, you know, to run the car. I can't quote the words. He said something like that. It's a narrow window or some shit like that. But um, I, I thought that that was interesting, you know, saying that he had to detune the car. So maybe they're really not running the car at full beans, right? They're not running the engine at full beans. Probably hanging on, you know, right, but, for later in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
If he's not running full and getting third, then I think everyone else should be a little bit worried. Scary, right? Speaking of scary, obviously you got to talk about the crash. Yeah. Crazy crash. Were you actually able to watch when that was happening, Philippe, or were you on, on the road? I saw it. I mean, I was looking down, looking up, looking up. You know, I saw it. It was crazy. And you want to know what, what was wild is that they didn't show any replays of it for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. And yeah, they me, always have I to was... make sure the driver's safe before they put anything on TV, right? They don't want to put that out there. But That was so concerning, though. Was, I mean, yeah. it was like flashbacks to Grosjean. And mm-hmm. I wasn't watching F1 at the time of that crash. But, you know, just I've watched tons of videos of it and seeing the drivers in the paddocks. I mean, the, not even them knew what was happening. They were, like, asking if he was okay. Nobody knew. All the people on TV were just kind of left hanging. And that's the kind of, th- like, that's the crash where, like, they don't show the broadcast or any of the replay for, like, 15 minutes, and you're like, is this guy dead? Like, are we not seeing right. this because they're putting a white cloth over this guy on the track or what? Yeah, I mean, right. we're pulling videos from Twitter just to see what yeah, was I happening. Mean, did you watch any of those Twitter videos I sent the group chat, Philippe? They were insane. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, what happened to the roll hoop? Do we not care about roll hoops anymore? That thing no, it just got. It was gone. It was totally gone. Without that halo, he's. We're not talking about Joe right now. I mean, or we are, but we're saying rest in peace. Right. Yeah, I mean that roll hoop supposed to be one of the most solid pieces of the car, right? I mean. Right. Definitely. But we're we're looking at pictures now of the car on the flatbed after they picked it up, and I mean. It's, it's a straight angle. Like, the, the, the rear of the car follows the line of the halo. It just, it looks like you put it under a sanding machine and it just is flat from the halo down. Yeah, I wonder, though, I wonder if the regulations change, and I haven't read into it, you know, um, change how hard or, or how, I don't know what the right word is, but, you know, change how hard or how sturdy the roll hoop has to be due to the fact that you have the halo. Well, you know, there's going to be more testing. There will be way more testing now. I read the figures. I can't remember what they were. I mean, they were all pretty high kilonewton numbers. And as an engineer, that's, it's high stuff. But like, he was upside down, dragging the car through the gravel trap. And how fast do you think they were going at that point? I mean, 150, 160, 150 already. And yeah. to drag that through there for that much time, I mean, that is one of those fringe accidents that those things are made to be bomb-proof. But even if you're bomb-proof or bulletproof, there's always that one or two scenarios that can ruin it. And we might have found one here that there's no roll hoop we can make that would have held up in that situation. Fortunately, there's a halo we can make that held up in that situation. But the really scary thing about that crash to me is how he got stuck. And if the car had been on fire, would, that have, would this have been a different ending? I mean, yeah. I obviously mean, they had... It, after seeing the crash, that's the first thing that I thought about was Grosjean. Grosjean being able to get out of the fire that he was in, in a completely different situation, but still really similar. I mean, Joe's not getting out of there by himself. If that car was on fire... Right. If that car is on fire, the only thing that we have to hope for is that people would have been able to use fire extinguishers to at least control it enough that he could have gotten out. But I don't know if he could have. And you don't want to have to count on that. 
So I think there's definitely something to be learned about crash fence positioning and um, tire barriers from this. Even if it's only in certain corners where we have a long straight and we know people are going to be going fast and trying to turn. And if that turn goes south and they can't actually make it, we have to consider that they might fly into the wall like this. Yeah, it's a bad spot. Wow. That's the risk they take as drivers, though. You know, I mean, we try our best to make it as safe as possible, or the engineers try their best to make it as safe as possible, but there's always going to be some inherent risk, especially, you know, with these cars being as fast as they are. Always. There's nothing to do about certain things. And they accept that, I think, as drivers. Did you hear Checo's interview where he was saying, to anybody who thinks we should have a salary cap, just look at this and see the danger we put ourselves in? Mm. Right. What do you all think about that? Do you think there should be a salary cap in F1? I think, I think to so. make it a little, uh, keep the, the teams in the back a little bit closer, but, but they still can't right. compete. I mean, even with the salary cap, there's still, there's so much technology that's still, they're like so far ahead in the other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I think a salary a cap's not the up. answer. Maybe like a spending cap, I mean, which essentially could be a salary cap effectively, but um, I don't know. I think that's kind of part of the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the that, amount of maybe, time that it takes to make some of these parts for these cars, I mean, it's, it's so much more than just throwing something together real quick. It takes a long time, the process of, you know, all these carbon fiber parts, putting them all together, getting them on the car, trying them out, seeing if they work. I mean, getting them approved, even that takes a long time. Philippe, do you see the, um, the protesters we talked about on Friday really did get onto the track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't get any airtime on TV. They did talk about it. Though. They did talk about it. I'm kind of yeah. surprised they did. I'm not even going to say what group they're from because I don't want them to get what they want because I think what they did is so stupid. But I feel like this flag, this race either had to be red flagged one way or the other because if people, if, if we were actually racing when they got to those protesters, they're getting sliced and diced. And I think some of those drivers are going to put the protesters above themselves and they're going to try and avoid them and I think they're going to crash and it would not have been good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hate yeah, to say I'm you. thankful for the crash that did happen, but I really think I am because I think it probably saved some lives and yeah. also Joe's the reputation of the sport. <laughs> yeah, like, as, as wild yeah. as that is to say, Joe's, Joe's crash saved lives because yeah. those thanks, guys... Thanks to George Russell. Russell. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, George Russell, for saving this. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. So placing the blame on George. No, um, I don't know if I, I think it's I George's fault. I don't even know enough about F1 to say whose fault that I think it's was. a racing incident, but if, if there was anybody that you could possibly say might have any blame, George coming over to close the door would really yeah. be the only thing you could, you could say. I mean, well, he checked his mirrors. Gas had, Gasly had every place. right to be in there. I mean... Yeah. All right, so I feel like everything today is maybe going to kind of revolve around the crash. Um, speaking of Gasly had every right to be in there, that makes me think about people who got great starts. Obviously, Max had a great start. Um, what do you all think about the one. restart grid order incident situation? I thought situation? that was bullshit. Yeah, agreed, bullshit. I, that, that did irritate me. But what do the regulations say? Because I did not read the book well, on that because- one. So what they said on the, the broadcast was not every car passed safety car turn two line, and so they didn't have any confirmed right order other than the grid start. Mm. Television doesn't show anything, does it? I mean, yeah, it, it seems ridiculous, but it's almost like when you didn't have replay in other sports like baseball or hockey, and 
like they didn't have official replay. Obviously, the TV replay showed that the case that they called wasn't actually the case, but they couldn't legally or in, not legally, because it's not a law matter, but like they couldn't within the rules of the game change the result. Yeah. So that seems like kind of the same thing we had here. But y'all both, y'all both thought it was bullshit. Yeah, I, I, I think the rules were written shitty, and I think that the procedures were carried out in an inefficient way because that lap, no matter what, it counted, right? But from what yeah. I from what I understand. Oh yeah, um, no, they started the the yeah, re- they, restart was on lap two. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong. The original thought process was that they didn't complete a lap in the in the order in the in whatever order so like that lap and all that work that those guys put in didn't count but how didn't the lap count when when they did the restart it started on lap two or lap three or something like that right was it lap two or lap three Uh, i'm pretty sure it was two but either way yeah they didn't complete a single lap before they started it they charged the lap so i felt like the order that the car first of all the procedures were wrong i felt like they should have did a virtual safety car first just to get everybody kind of like through. Yeah, but they probably and, went straight to red flag because they probably saw the protesters on the track as well. I hope oh. so. Yeah. I, I gotta hope so. Mm-hmm. Oh, but also, I mean, that, point. that is kind of such a bad crash that wouldn't you think that would be pretty much immediate red flag? Yeah, yeah. it's an immediate red flag, but you gotta secure the cars though, right? They just can't stop. I don't know. The way I look at it is like red flag, secure the car, secure the positions that they're in, and then go right the red flag once you get everybody through. Yeah, that makes that sense. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Maybe they did see the protesters on the track. Yeah. I just, just so dumb. Like, first of all, how did they even get on there? I want to know how they actually. I mean, we're looking at a picture of them here sitting on the track covering half of the lane. How do they get over the fence? How do they get are into the- Are these the only ones right here? These are the only ones that I saw. It's like five guys, or maybe some of them were women too, but like five people sitting on the track and they look unbothered right now. I mean, there's like a marshal who looks like he's casually walking out to stop them, but it, it's not like the, uh, the video that I watched when the first threat of these guys came out and there was a marshal like running crazy after the uh, you know radical irish priest that was on the track trying to tackle mm-hmm. him like it didn't look like anybody was in a hurry to get these people great seats mm-hmm. right on the track can you imagine like actually sitting on the side of the track watching a car go by at 200 that'd be insane oh god like it would probably blow you backwards a little bit and it would you'd probably feel the heat if you were that close oh you'd feel it that would be awesome good stuff that's all I've got on my notes. What do you have, Tom? Is that all you have? And I mean, Carlos signs on pole for the, for the race and then wins after going back and forth. Yeah, I feel like this crazy... Uh, it, was, it was a wild race. Crazy crash definitely overshadowed him. What was, what was y'all's favorite part of the race? Oh, the fighting. The last 10 laps. Oh, the they were so part. good. Mine too. Yeah. Best part. I mean, let me ask you this. Do Maybe. you think... What do you think about, you know, their racing? Do you think it was tough racing? So, or do you think some penalties should have been handed out? Do you I, think the FIA kind of contradicts themselves sometimes? You, you know how I feel about that stuff, Phil, but all the uh, pushing drivers off the track going into chicane, the chicane and, um, and turn six and seven, they're always running drivers wide. 
and, uh, you know, claiming the track. And there are rules that you can't do that. Then they allow right. them to do that. And they all do it. Right. Every, everybody is doing that. But, but they don't penalize it. They complain about it, but they don't penalize it. So, I don't know. I think the, the incident with Perez and Leclerc towards the end of the race, I think that was kind of a, another, like, maybe racing incident. But at the same time, I mean, the rules are there. You know, Leclerc pushed Perez off the track. He didn't have anywhere to go. Then he comes over, pushes Leclerc off the track. And through goes Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. That was a nice, that, that was my favorite part of the race. Yeah. I, liked, I mean, I, I, I like watching the battle. As soon as they were going into three, I was like, man, Lewis needs to block the inside. I knew Perez was going to take that spot. He was going to dive right in the inside there. That's an Alonzo move, too. Always diving right in there. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. To Ryan, is there any question about Lewis's uh, racecraft? Watching him kind of do what he did? When you say racecraft, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what that means. You mean, like, his skill or, like, was it within the rules? his skill level. I mean, it's just always been in question. I think we talked about it last week a little bit. It's just always been in question. You know, everybody says he's always had the best car this. He's always had the best car that. His racecraft is this. His racecraft is that. Actually, I think they rated his racecraft and the new F1 game, they rated his racecraft a little bit lower than Max Verstappen's. Yeah, which is, which is down to, that, that must be based on aggression. <laughs> yeah, this, this is an uh, disproportionate rating on aggression. No, I feel like um, just watching him race, especially if his car isn't truly as good and is toned down, I mean, like, Lewis Hamilton doesn't, he's not the winningest F1 driver ever because he's just always had the best car. Right. Like, he's got to be one of the best racers. And showing that today, or, well, Sunday was just, I mean, it was awesome to see him doing so well. I kind of, you know, I love I love my guy, Leclerc. I love the whole Ferrari team. But I'm also, like, at the end of the day, unless it's my childhood favorite team, which I have none in F1, I'm really just a sports fan at heart. And so I always kind of want the story that you really, like the stereotypical story to happen. So I really want, I would have been so happy to see Lewis win at Silverstone or Silverstone as, as they say, in, if you're British. Uh, like that's the guy you want to win there, right? Yeah, I mean, right. That's, that's who he is. How about his fans there at the track? I mean, it gets so loud every time he's on track. I know. I don't know if they were juicing the broadcast at all, but like when he would overtake, it was it was thunderous. <laughs> yeah, it was loud. Right. Yeah. No. Tommy, do you get pissed off? I'm oh, sorry, not to interrupt you. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you get pissed off when people say, you know, with with regards to Lewis Hamilton, when people say, um, you know, he's always had the best car. How can he be the greatest when he's always had the best car? I mean, what do you always cars. say? The best drivers get the best seats. Yeah, they do. Right. But it, but people look at it as if, if it's his fault that he's being recruited to drive the best car. It's not his fault. What do you want him to drive a fucking tomato? <laughs> like, is that what he's supposed to drive? Yeah, no. Like, put him out there with like just a like a Nissan GTR against F1 cars because he's the best driver. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, no. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. I like I love that. The best drivers get the best seats. Yeah, they do. Yeah, 
It's and, like the, the, and the biggest companies spend the most money on the best drivers. That's just the way it is. It's the same thing in, in every sport. You know, whether it's basketball, football, they're going to spend the most money on the best athlete. Yeah, the best team gets the best quarterback. And every once in a while, the worst team will go make a bid for him and get the best quarterback and maybe do something. But, like, it, it's sports and, sports and business are kind of similar. Like, rich people get richer faster because they've got more money and money compounds. The biggest teams are going to go get the best drivers because they can afford them. I mean, I think right. if, you, if you go back to 2016 when Nico beat Lewis that year and after the championship, Nico you know, bails out for the following season, but he talked about how hard he had to work to beat Lewis, how, how he could never put in that much effort ever again. Right. Um, you know, he had to go beyond, basically beyond what he's ever had to do before to win that championship, and he just couldn't see himself doing it again. I mean, those were pretty right. much his words. Um, right. And Nico's no slouch. And he isn't. I mean, we, used to give him, we used to give him shit when they were racing, but he's no slouch, man. He's mm-hmm. the real deal. Yeah. What is the oldest F1 driver to ever win a driver's championship? Well, I mean... That's a great question. Fangio, I believe. I believe it was Fangio. No, don't quote, but I believe it was Fangio. I'm Googling. There you go. Nailed it. It was Fangio. He was 46 years old and 41 days. You think Lewis can beat that? He's always had the best car. Oh, you think he's going to stay around that long? No. No, not in modern F1. No, it's a young man's game. Yeah, I don't think he'll stay around that long. But I do think he could probably do it, though. Yeah, if he wanted to stay in that long, but like Tommy said last time, and I think maybe you too, Philippe, he's got music and clothes and all these other things he wants to do with his life. And honestly, at this point, he's deserved it. Like he's earned it. He can do. He might say, you know, I'm sick of driving, but I want not sick of driving, but I've I've had amazing success driving, and I want to go build an amazing clothing brand and make lewis or like i want to make lh the new lv and he's got the starter to be able to do that if mm-hmm. he wants to go try that i'm all in like i would totally support that i don't know if i'd buy any of it because i don't like designer clothes but i would love to see him do that so based right. based on where we are so far in the championship who's who are you looking for to win the whole the whole thing ryan it's gonna be max man you think max is your name Still Ryan? Yeah. Max, but I, I, think, I think Ryan's going to go and take that one. I bet. <laughs> I, so, I, I mean, I'd be happiest seeing Perez or Leclerc win. I love both of them. Um, I do think at six days of the week, I think Max is the best driver out there. It's, he's fun to watch. Um, I'm a little bit jaded on him because, like, before I ever even watched an F1 race, Tommy and his wife were just talking mad crap about Max. And so, like, I've never liked Max from the last get-go. Year, last year, we talked a lot of shit about Max just because of the overly aggressive nature of, of him. And, but this year, I like Max. Yeah, so I'm predisposed this, I'm, to I'm not, not like a, Max. Like, I'm not a fan of Max, but I think he's been driving really well this year. I'm predisposed not to like him, but... He, you kind of have to like him as a driver. He's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with Philippe. Uh, I think he's going to take it. Even the radio, you know, him coming on the radio and saying some of the things he says, I don't, I don't see it as complaining over, you know, beyond what he should say. I mean, he's complaining about things that shouldn't be happening. 
So I'm, I'm yeah, okay with I think they all do that, though. I, I think so, too. I don't I, have a problem with him so far this year. I think he's been doing a pretty good job. Playing fair. I mean, him and LeClaire racing together a couple times did pretty well. Speaking of side-by-side going into uh, cops, LeClaire and Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton and, and Verstappen last year, no good. LeClaire and Hamilton, same corner. I mean, Hamilton gave LeClaire the space, I think, but, but he stuck it out. I mean, he... We have to look from the overheads and see see what the uh, line looked like, but it was close. And Leclerc's on old hards. Lewis on yeah, they both hit the apex. Lewis dropped a couple gears. Mm-hmm. But I think he knew he had DRS available to him, you know, and all he had to do was stay within that one second. And I think you know he knew he was going to get him on the uh, anger yeah. straight. Yeah, but still, I mean, if that was Max and Lewis, what would that, it was great. What would that look like? You know. Actually, if it was Max and Leclerc, I think it'd be a little bit different if it was Max and Leclerc at this point. Because they are the two fighting for the championship right now. Perez is in there too, I think. Perez is second place. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to maintain that the whole year. You don't? I think he could. Uh, It's funny. I had the same conversation you and I had, Philippe, with someone about Perez. They were saying he's this old man in F1. He's like in his 40s. And I was like, nah, I'm pretty sure he's in his early 30s. He just looks kind of weathered. And this guy was like, no, no, no. He's definitely in his 40s. And I was like, look, man, I do not like to tell people they're wrong. But I have a friend who is like the F1 guru. And I would look it up. Let's see how old he is. I'm pretty sure he's in his 30s. And he, the guy looked it up and he was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> and how old is he? I think he's 32, right? Yeah. Are we forgetting that from last time? He really does kind of look weathered, though. Like, he's like a handsome, old school 32. Probably drinks a lot of tequila at the races. <laughs> dude, he's probably a baller. He's probably such a cool dude. Did you see his dad there? Actually, his dad and yeah. Anthony Hamilton side-by-side side with Tom Cruise. Perez kind of looks like Tom Cruise in this picture that we're looking at here. Oh, as I searched Tom Cruise, Sergio <laughs> Perez came up as a suggested search. And, like, honestly, they kind of look alike. That's funny. You know, obviously, Perez is a lot younger. but So, in the race, I, I, uh, I mean, Carlos... With his car, you know, untouched, and Leclerc right there with him with a broken front wing. I mean, Leclerc has the pace over Carlos every weekend. Right? Am I wrong? I I would say that. Yeah, I think he does. I think Carlos was, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the team was kind of holding out for him a little bit in that race. He got the pole. He wanted the win. They kind of stuck it out and gave it to him. I just think they're not good on the pit wall. I think they're good everywhere else. They're just not good on the pit wall. Do you think that was a mismanagement, though, like the, the Leclerc call this year or this race? Yeah. I, I thought I heard that, like, they just thought they didn't have enough time to double stack them. And before Leclerc actually reached the pit lane, they had, like, 11 seconds to make that decision. 
a lifetime in F1, right? I mean, a lifetime in F1, but like also, that's a long. That's a, not a long time. One, yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, that's and you have to decide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you have to make those decisions quick. That's how you lose races, right there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that if you want to win, you do have to make those decisions on point. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an unabashed Claire Homer. I think it was not his fault. I think that was a pit wall fault. Yeah. So you think he should have pitted? Well, not against the team's uh, orders. Like, if he had pitted, they wouldn't have had any tires ready for him. But I, I, obviously the right answer would have been fresh tires. I mean, that's hindsight. Yeah. What did you think about... Um, he, had to protect, he had to protect his position. Yeah. What did you think about George Russell getting out of the car to go help Joe? And, like, the whole rule that, you know, he can't get back in the race. Is, I don't know that his car would even start, but... His car wasn't making it back. Who were you back. asking that? He, he wanted... Well, he wanted to get back in the race. He was, you know, fighting to get back in. I always thought it was common... A common understanding that once you leave the car, you forfeit the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I thought that was a, just an understanding. Especially, yeah. I, I don't know how you can argue that, in my opinion. And that car wasn't making it back to the pit lane on its own power. Yeah, but no it was way. a red flag, so they can, they can work on everything. But yeah, I mean... If, but it still has to make it back under its own power, right? Right, I, right. I don't know. I'd be curious to see if that could have kept on going. I think it's a bummer, but I think it's probably the right rule. Yeah, I do agree. It's the right rule. I mean, well, I don't know if it's out the of your car and then I don't know if it's the, the right rule, but it seems like the rules were followed in this case. I don't mm-hmm. know if the rule was right. I, mean, I, don't I love know, I think once you leave your car, you got to uh, you forfeit the race. It's over. I love seeing him jump out to go have concern for his competitor. He's got a big heart. I guess. I also just love that, you know, that was a horrible crash, super scary, and Joe is down there walking around before the end of the race, not even, like, long time before the end of the race, just talking to everybody, totally fine. Like it's no big deal. I mean, that's, we talked about it last week, didn't we? The safety in F1. The safety of these cars is insane. It's crazy. Crazy. I mean, there was an old episode of Top Gear... And Lewis Hamilton went into the wall at like 170. And Jeremy Clarkson is like, you know, how was that? And he's like, oh, it was just a big shunt. And just hit the wall <laughs> and got out. He's like, did it hurt? And he's like, yeah, it hurt a little bit. 170 into the wall, like no big deal. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. I mean, that's just crazy. And that was, that was probably like 2008. <laughs> Nine, maybe. Did you... Um... Did you hear about this F1 exhibition, Philippe? No. Where is this at? Uh, they haven't announced any dates or locations yet, but apparently they will this fall. But they said it's going to be like, the f- it's the first official F1 expedition in the world, and they'll have F1 experts, historians, and journalists. Um, like, it'll have cars, movies. Sounds kind of awesome. I hope it's local. I either hope is it's local or the, the podcast Manhattan? is making enough money that we can go anyway. 
Because we got to be there. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to look it up, it's f1exhibition.com. You can get on the uh, announcement list. I'm going to get our podcast on the announcement list right now. Speaking of getting our podcast on the announcement list, if anybody ever wants to talk to us, for the time being, you can just email graveltrappodcast at gmail.com. I, uh, I bought a domain today for like eight bucks, but we're not putting anything on it yet. So just for the time being, email graveltrappodcast at gmail.com. Do it. We promise we'll answer all of them until you start getting mean, and then we won't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's right here. World's first official F1 expedition. Exhibition. Sounds awesome. Philippe, did you see anything else interesting that you wanted to talk about this week? Any news or stuff that you noticed in the race? No, man. Oh, are you talking to me? You say yeah, Philippe yeah. Time. yeah, go. Um, want to make sure I don't jump the gun here. But, um, no, man, I thought it was a good race. I thought it was straightforward to me. I like the little uh, intricacies of the race, the strategy. You know, um, let me ask y'all this. Do you think they should have put Lewis on the softs or the hards? Oh, at the, en- at the end of the race? I mean, No, on the um, second to last pit stop, not the safety car. Mm. I think they have to go with hards. I think the hards are, are the better tire for them. I mean, they're always going to the hards, and I'm, I always question that. And the team always stands by it and says, no, the hards are the better tire. Yeah, I think fundamentally the Mercedes rips through tires pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And they always do well on the hards. But a part of me, part of me feels like they should have extended his stint on the mediums, maybe about an extra five laps if they could. I know why they did, because they were falling off on pace, but I wish they would have just stuck it out, held off for about five more laps, and then threw the softs on. Yeah, and where would he have been? He would have been he would have been in first. He would have been leading the race. He would have already race. had the softs. They would have, you know, science would have hit the softs. Yep. Yeah, at least he would have been up at second behind Leclerc. But Leclerc on hards and, and Hamilton on softs. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about racing to make that call. All I do know is that I don't get to see guys go on softs often, but when I do, I always love how the race turns out. So yeah. fast. Like, they don't really go on softs that often. I mean, and there were a lot of guys. Game. There were a lot of guys on softs yeah. this race, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Laps, um, like, basically 40 to 48 were just tremendous. And then from then yeah. on, you kind of knew what the final order was going to be. But for those couple laps, seeing everybody battle out for second. From Nick and Verstappen. I mean, yeah, well, you, knew what the, you knew what the podium was going to be. Yeah. But seeing those guys battle it out for second for those, like, eight laps was, to me, the most exciting part of the race. Yeah, that was It was fun. awesome. Yeah, I mean, once again, didn't, uh, did you see Verstappen's comment on going into the final chicane? He said to, uh, I guess, to whatever press it was, that, uh, you know, Mick needed to either back out or he was going to crash. Put it all on Mick. He was on the outside. Wow. He pushed him off the track. I mean, it's, it's like so common at that track. And just push him off the chicane, make that driver have to back out of it. It happens all the time. Put a wall there and see what happens next time. 
Yeah, I was just about to ask you, what, what changes do you think they need to make to the track to kind of change that thought process when it comes to the drivers? I mean, they just need to stand by their rules. If, if you cannot push a driver off the track, then penalize the drivers that are pushing other drivers off the track. Just keep it simple. Or just don't make a rule. <laughs> Let them run. You guys they don't all crash each other off the track. Yeah, they would all crash each other off the track, that's for sure. Sorry, Philippe. You guys, um, you guys psyched for Austria this weekend, sprint weekend? Red Bull's home GP. I think, I think Max is going to win this one. I think he has to win this one. Rain or shine. Four out of five. Last five. He's going to win this thing. Yeah, I think so. You think he wins, Philippe? I think Checo second. Checo second. Yeah, I think Leclerc uh, third. Bar any Ferrari mistakes in the pits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're right, writing it down again, just like last time. Philippe's the smartest one of all of us for F1. No, I'm not. Philippe, <laughs> Philippe's picks: Max first, Checo second, and you said Charles Leclerc third, right? Yeah. What were your picks last week? Did we write that down? Hamilton. Yeah, win. it was um, Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you pick one out of three on the podium, that's not too bad. Almost, though. Almost had it. Almost, almost had it. If it you close. get it completely wrong for two weeks in a row, we're going to switch it to Tommy's picks officially. Yeah, Tommy's picks, and then we'll see how we do. What was Tommy's picks last time? He didn't even pick. <laughs> <laughs> we only let pick? you pick. I think I kind of questioned Philippe's picks. I didn't really think too much about who I would take for that race. I mean, man. Bro, but I saw, was... the, da- I saw the data, though. Yeah. The runs. He was yeah. 33, he was 33-7 versus 33-6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't give a shit about I, that. I would have went with Max for the win in that race. Oh, yeah. I heard also, this is like completely off topic from the race, but I just was reminded of it. I heard a story this weekend, and I can't say who said it because I, they, they told me not to, but... I heard an insane story about somebody who met Bernie Ecclestone, or however you want to say that. When he was like, at a certain point, he got in trouble, right? And he ran out of the country. Little Bernie running away. Right? Didn't that didn't that happen? Did that happen, Bernie? Bribery. I know he, he's been in. Yeah, he's been in a lot of bribery mm-hmm. shit. So know? allegedly, he got in some hot water, and then fled the country. Uh, I don't, I'm just gonna take that as true, but this whole story was allegedly happened. Uh, a friend of mine was vacationing in St. Bart's and it was, a, it was a girl's trip. So it was four women and one of them was like, I think maybe recently coming out of a divorce and was just like looking to have fun and started going out with this guy when they were on vacation who would like absolutely spoil her, spend whatever, like $2,000 lunches, insane stuff. And then one night they needed a ride back to their hotel and they couldn't get a taxi. So she called him and he took them back and everybody else just thought it was a taxi driver. 
And so they're like talking to him. They're like, no, 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 taxi driver, go left here, not right. Go right, not left. All that nonsense. And then eventually he just got like really mad and flipped out at him. And he's like, I'm not a taxi driver. But it was like this, I, don't, I forget what kind of car they said it was, but it was like a sick, nice car. And then one of the other women on the trip was apparently just like super enjoying the moment and pulled her phone out and started videotaping. And apparently that's when he really flipped out and like grabbed the phone and tried and started to delete the video. And he was like, you have to delete that video. You can't, you can't do it. And you can't film me. And they were all just like super weirded out. They made him pull over, drop him off at a hotel. They got a different car home. But then they were all back in the country with another friend and they were like, well, we should probably watch this video at least once before we delete it, just to see like if we can tell who this guy is. And apparently they just happened to watch it with the right person. And she was like, wait, I think I recognize that guy's voice. Do you have any other pictures with him? And they showed her a picture and she was like, yeah, that's Bernie Ecclestone. Like he's like the CEO of F1 or something. And like once he was one time, yeah. like long hi- time ago. he's in trouble and like he's hiding out in St. Bart's. I don't know if that's, I, who knows what happened, but I don't even know if that's true. But this, this woman was completely convinced that this is exactly what happened. And if so, what an interesting story. That's wild. Yeah, it's been it's been five years. He was he was a good friend of Lewis too. He was a big supporter of Lewis. Bernie. That's because Lewis brought in black dollars. That's why. That's all he cares about is money. That is all. He, I mean, but he's got all the money. No, he had all the money. He steals all the money. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think his daughter bought like the Spelling Manor in L.A. Like, LA, yeah. Like he, oh, no, he bought it for her. Oh, sure. $150 million, <laughs> I think. Yes. No big deal. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out why, uh, why he was in trouble. Got in some hot water. So, yeah, Austria next weekend. You think... Uh, what did you pick? Who did you pick, Phil? You said Max, yeah? He picked yeah, Max, I just had Max Max, Checo, Checo and, and, and Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we want to throw my picks in there. All right, we're throwing Thomas' I, picks in now. I wish I could say Lewis was going to take the win, but I don't think the Mercedes is going to be up there again this weekend. Who you got? I, but I do have Max on in first. Max sure. in first. But I don't think Checo is going to be up there. I feel like he's going to have a rough race this weekend. Who do you have then? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the pressure's on. I think he's going to slip a little bit. I'm definitely going with Leclerc P2. Why do you think Checo's going to have a bad race? I don't know, man. He is on it, bro. I, yeah, he is, but I just feel like Max is about to step it up again. Max is up there. Max isn't going to let Checo beat him again. I, I bet you Max doesn't let Checo... Uh, unless he has some kind of mechanical... He's not beating Max. Yeah, but I said Checo second. I didn't say you beat Max. I just said he'd be No, okay. I'm talking about on mine. I still think Checo's, Checo's just going to... He's going to struggle. I am going Leclerc P2, and then for three, man. Maybe the revenge. I think there's going to be a Russell? surprise. I think something crazy is going to happen, and I'm, I think Lando's like going to get Like Nicholas Latifi? Not that crazy. <laughs> I think Lando's going to get P3 somehow, some way. 
Uh, I think another Red Bull's going to be up there, man. I think like that's what Gasly. they want. That's what they want. That's not going to happen. You know, or like even yo. Let me let me ask you this: Who's been better between the Tori drivers this um, season? Who do you think? Gasly. Yeah, I got to go with Gasly. Gasly. Yeah, I mean Gasly. I don't know. I feel like Gasly has really stepped up when he got dropped down back to Toro Rosso and then AlphaTauri, right? I mean, he... Yeah. Sonoda's been quick, though, bro. Sonoda's been quick this season, like, really on it. Yeah. He had a rough year last year getting getting familiar with the car, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like Gasly is the better driver of those two. Yeah. Sonoda has been making stupid mistakes, though, like his um, pit exit at Canada. And then him basically freaking spinning into uh, Gasly. He's made a couple of dumb mistakes. Gasly, but it just, to me, it seems like he's been quick, though. He's been a little bit quicker than Gasly. He's been getting the better up in quality. Yeah. What about the racecraft, though? I don't know. I think Gasly's still the better driver. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gasly. I got to do it. But, yeah, I think Austria, there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. I don't think I don't think we're gonna have a wild crash like we had with, with this past weekend. But does Mick get know. his second points in F one? This is top ten again. Those might be Mick's last points in F one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh, poor guy. I mean, not poor guy. His dad's worth like six hundred million dollars. So Love I don't the name. feel too bad for him. But I don't know. I don't know if he has it. I was surprised that Magnuson struggled as much as he did too mm. but, I mean two hosses in the point that's, that's not bad yeah a quarter of the field crashing out right <laughs> yeah. alright well we're gonna talk again before the race hopefully Friday however many of us can get on board or I don't know if we'll talk Friday or whenever but in the meantime this will be the first race. Now that we have the name locked down for the podcast, we've made a Twitter account. We will be live tweeting the race, saying dumb stuff, tweeting memes uh, from at GravelTrapF1. So follow along for good memes made by your boys, Philippe, Tommy, and Ryan. Let's get it. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for joining us on vacation, Philippe. You have fun for the rest of the time. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys on Friday.